Hello and welcome back to the Second and Two podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co-host, producer extraordinaire, hat connoisseur, background in business, uh, master of the grills, lover of the frames, and all around one of the best people that we all know, if you listen to this podcast. It's (laughs) Jody. What's up, Joe? What's good, man? I mean... I, you know, I feel like more, more weekends, I, I get back to the crib after work and I'm like, man, I miss some football, but today, not so much. I don't think I miss much. I, I did go back and watch a couple of games for sure. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I feel like there was some snoozers out there and yeah, that's something else. Yeah. I mean, Looking there were like the NCAA scores out there. There. Yeah. Yeah. This week was, uh. For sure, I think we could call it blowout Sunday. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Dolphins won by 50. The Chiefs won by 31. Yeah. The Bills won by 34. The Browns won by 24. The Texans won by 20. The Lions won Great. by 14. So, yeah, it became blowout city pretty quick. And, you know, thank goodness for uh, NFL plus huh for, for <laughs> yeah both of that's us. for sure that's really how we keep up if you're if uh you're an nfl fan and you actually do want to like watch all the games highly recommend getting a subscription yeah, to that um that's sure that's how we pretty much are able to keep up even if we miss games and or if we're just wanting to go back and watch things i mean they have every yeah, game that, on there that's how we get the all 22 I, film yeah that and that's how i get my my Strahan Munoz people. I go back and just sit there and watch them. I don't have to focus on the game. I just get to watch people. Yeah, yeah. I no, feel like I'm definitely... back in the lab in high school, just sitting there watching, like, what is this guy <laughs> going to do on this play, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a worthwhile venture to get for the season if you're someone who, who loves the NFL. But as we're rolling here and you may see my eyes wander up every so often because <laughs> <clears throat> I've got it on. We've got uh Raiders Steelers here on Sunday night mm-hmm. football. Um, as it currently stands, that game is 10 to seven about three minutes to go before the half. The Steelers are winning. So we'll keep okay. an eye on that uh, and make sure we update that as it goes. But um, yeah, I think in terms of starting where we're at today, I guess I got to give you an update on, on the team, on the squad. Yep. Yep. Let's uh, hear it. Not a good one this week. Oh. Uh, took another L. We're three and two now. That drive um, must have been a pain, though, for sure. That doesn't help much. I'm sure. No, I mean, they had the same thing, but it's you know traveling that yeah, long is just not fun. Yeah. And and honestly, the Saturday game for high school is not my oh, favorite. It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday game. Oh. Um, so because the the turnaround is always so quick, and yeah. the Saturday playing at one o'clock on the Saturday it makes it feel like Ooh, pop Warner heat. football. Yeah, yeah. It, I just it's not I'm, it's not my favorite. We actually started off pretty well. Got an interception on defense. Gordon uh-huh. got the two point on offense. We're up eight to nice. zero. With about five and a half minutes left in the half, we were up eight to seven. And believe it or not, we uh-huh. went into halftime down thirty five to eight. We gave up twenty eight points, including not one but two pick sixes in a five Dang. and a half minute span. It was absolutely brutal. The onslaught, just absolute snowball. And yeah. uh wasn't much we could do as coaches to stop it. Um yeah. that's always kind of the helpless feeling. So 
We're working on it. Um, we got bye week this week, which I think was Regroup, good for us. Get everything going. Yeah. And then we start district play the next week. And those are the games that really matter in terms of getting yeah. to the playoffs. So we're not in a terrible spot, but we did have a rough week. We ended up losing the game. I think it was 56 to 24. Okay. Um. So didn't play. Died, but didn't I mean, play great in the second half either. We kind of started off the second half slow and it just was a, it was a tough day all around for the, uh, for the Morton football team, but yeah. um, we get a week off. We get a week to regroup. We'll be fine. Um, and excited right. for district. Yeah, excited for district play. So, but hopping onto the league here. Hopping onto the league. I mean, we talked about it. Blowout city today. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit of research because I was like, man, was this just like one of the worst days in the NFL in terms of blowouts? Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't. Um, it was close. Uh, in the last hundred years of the NFL, there's been three weekends where there were six games decided by 21 points or more in that okay. same weekend. Um, never more than six. Only been three where it was six. The oh. most recent time that happened was actually 2021. Okay. Um, and then, believe it or not, this weekend, it was only four games that were 21 points or more. The Texans won by t- 20. The Lions won by 14. Yeah. So we almost got... We almost got six of them. Um, the Seahawks, uh, at one point, were winning by seventeen. Yeah, I thought maybe they might kind of get over that edge, but it didn't happen. Now we still have three games left. So if mm-hmm. tonight's Sunday night football game yeah. or one yeah, or both Mondays. of the Monday night yeah. games end in, in blowouts of twenty-one plus, then we would have a historic weekend of blowouts. Yeah. But we're not quite there yet. So yeah, I mean, it was a rough day. Honestly, for football fans, not fun yeah. to watch blowouts. No, yeah, I was sitting there at the gym watching the the Chiefs game, and I was like, "Bro, this game's already over. Like, the that Bears are doing whatever." And, and you know, <laughs> I was like, I, "I can't believe I'm watching this one right now." Let alone when I saw that Broncos score after work, fifty points. I was like, "Bro, this is not not anything special." Like, I, I was okay missing both of those, although I watched most of that Chiefs game. Yeah, I mean, the the <laughs> the funny part and and the thing that you saw going around everywhere was, well, the Bears and Broncos play each other next week, so one of those teams is going to well, get yeah. a win. <laughs> I mean, it could tie realistically; it's a possibility. I mean, but one of those teams will get a uh, will get a yeah. get right game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Man, I mean, yeah, not good. And we'll talk about both those teams. Yeah, in a little bit, going. I know, in our segments. But if you'll allow me the podium, Joe, yeah, of course. I would just like to go on a Derek Carr rant right now. Let's hear about That's it. okay yeah. With, yeah. with the audience and you know everyone being with me here. So Derek Carr, all right? Mm-hmm. I got a lot of Raiders fans who are friends in my life. I don't know why, yeah. but I've got plenty of them, Raiders fans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's I've heard a lot, of, like, a lot of like – A lot of Raiders fans just – absolutely hate Derek Carr. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, I don't understand it. I don't understand the hate. Now, am I going to sit here and argue and tell you that Derek Carr is elite? No. No. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that. But I'm tired of the disrespect I've had to read from these people about Derek Carr. All right? I mean, he's a four-time pro bowler. Okay. He finished third in MVP voting one year. 
He's thrown for 4,000 yards four different times. He has 28 career comeback wins and 33 career game-winning drives, which is good for 16th all-time, by the way, in terms of quarterbacks. One of the most important QB stats is the career game-winning drives. He's 16th. He's got 33 of them. I was going to say, typical Sunday night, Tom Brady's driving the field, and that stat always pops up. So, Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And then his career touchdown to interception ratio is 218 to 101. All right. He had the Saints at 2 and 0 and up 17 to 0 on the road today before he got hurt. Dang. They were on the path to being 3 and 0. And then he got hurt. He has a by the way, he has an injured shoulder. It looks like it's an AC joint sprain, which I know all too well, my AC joint right here. I was going to say if you had not that one, a yeah. fun not a fun one. It's essentially what they call a separated shoulder. Um, landed on it pretty tough. Seems like throwing or non throwing. Uh, I actually didn't notice. I think it was the the not non throwing, okay. but I could be wrong on that. We'd have to look at that one. But looks like he's going to miss at least a little bit of time. Oh, and yeah. Jameis Winston was not horrible in Derek Carr's absence today. However. The game completely changed when Derek Carr got hurt. The Packers uh-huh. end up winning that game 18-17. to 17. Yeah. And I think everything changing for the Saints when he went out today was indicative of how much he meant to that team. Yeah. And I, have, sure. I feel as though Raiders fans have disrespected Derek Carr on his way out the door. Did he win a playoff game for the Raiders? No. But I he just – I, I – have a hard time believing that that is his fault when the Raiders have not had a top 20 defense in the yeah. last 20 years. They have yeah, been a bottom no. third defensive team for 20 straight seasons. That is embarrassing. <laughs> and it is not Derek Carr's fault. Yeah. That's <laughs> and it's part of the fault. reason why he had to have so many comeback wins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the argument that I – have been presented was well he never came through in the clutch for us he, and then I was given up many examples the the fumble through the back of the end zone the throwing mm-hmm. short of the end zone against the Bengals in the playoff game etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. and my counter to that to you all if any of you out there are on this bandwagon of Derek Carr sucks my counter to you would be this is it fair to him to have been put in that position by his defense so many times to then expect him to be 100% in those situations. Yeah. Probably not. Not even Tom Brady, the GOAT, is 100% in those situations. Yeah. It may feel like he is, but he's not. And, you know, I think Derek Carr having 33 game winning career drives says a lot. For yeah. as many of the moments that you could say he didn't get it done, he got it done a lot more. And I think he's really good for the Saints. And I think uh, anybody out here who's spewing this Derek Carr is not a good quarterback. No slander for the men out here. No, we're not taking it on this podcast. Derek Carr, again, not elite. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying he's in the middle tier of NFL quarterbacks. If you would like to call him mid, that doesn't (laughs) bother me. But I'm just saying he is at the very least he is mid. Yeah. No, I get that. I I will say – Reminds me that next week they're coming back. The QB tiers are back, baby. The oh, first quarter QB tiers go. will be back. So let's in case go. you were wondering exactly where I have Derek Carr, 
tune in next week. That's our advertisement for next week's show. <laughs> I will say too, another thing, like what weapons did my guy really have? His best receiver during this time frame, I'm pretty sure was Hunter Renfro, who was running the West Welker routes. Just I mean get the ball out. Darren Waller know? was good. Darren Waller was good oh, for a while. I mean, he did have some years where he was really yeah. hurt. He had Devontae last year for the one yeah. year. And then they benched I mean, the guy though. Yeah, I mean, there, there's he his weapons weren't horrible. We're not, I don't think we could say that, but he also did not ever have. Yeah, he never had like the best skill group in the yeah. league. No. Um. So yeah, I and there were a couple years, or especially earlier in in his career, the the O lines he played in front of, <laughs> or he played in front of him. <laughs> yeah, Couldn't you know. Him. So yeah, um, I. I say good for Derek Carr that he's moved on and he's found a, a better place yeah. to, uh, you know, where fans maybe will appreciate him. I, I, and maybe there are Raiders fans out there that do appreciate Derek Carr. And to those, I say, amen to yeah. the ones that I know who seem to, yeah. uh, uni- universally hate him. Um, I just say, Hey, stop being haters. Yeah. Speaking of more quarterback play though, one guy who I was really high on, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. We don't even know what's going on over there right now. They're in scramble mode right now, if you ask me, after taking that brutal loss to the Texans. What what do you think is going on with them? You know, I will be honest. That was not one of the games that made it onto my TV very much today. Um, I did. There were so many games in the morning that I was kind of more interested in. Yeah, And I did watch parts of it. it looked like the Texans had a day on special teams. Yep. That may uh, come back later in the awards segment. But, you know, I'm looking at the box scores. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he in that game, he finished uh, 20, 27 of 40 for 279 yards, one touchdown, one pick. The stat line isn't bad. It's not like he's playing awful. The problem is they're not scoring. It appears the red zone is still kind of getting to them. They're not scoring in the red zone. They're not running the ball as effectively as they probably need to be. Um, That's still an issue for them. You know, they did throw one interception. They did have one fumble. So they they had two turnovers today. Offensively, I I can't imagine. You know, they were my team last week that was – Minor setback, major major comeback, and I expected yeah. a bounce back this week. I didn't expect Especially that to take a few weeks. Texans, I feel like they have some juice in them now, though, for sure. Well, I, and and the Texans, to our credit, on the flip side of that, we were talking about as a team that we were actually excited about, despite them being zero and two. There was a lot mm-hmm. for Texans fans to look forward to, and I, I think C.J. Stroud is quickly becoming the guy that you could say might be the best quarterback in that that class right now he's outperformed yeah. Bryce Young and, and Anthony Richardson and obviously Will Levis to this point you know Will Levis hasn't gotten to play Bryce yeah, and Anthony Richardson were both Park hurt were today out. yeah so you know maybe not fair to any of those other three guys but for CJ he the three games he's played he's looked very good um mm-hmm. he looked really really yeah. good today i think the pairing of him and Will Anderson with you know their new head coach yeah. you know Will Anderson blocked a, a field goal today Huge yeah, that was play. Crazy. So uh, the Texans, 
they're doing a lot of really good things. This was a, a really big win for them today, I think, in terms oh, of yeah. confidence. They played well in their first few games, but they they really dominated today in all facets of the game. And, um, you know, I think it's a more of a credit to the Texans than I would say I'm worried about Jacksonville just yet. Although huh. it is concerning that they, they went nine points last week, 17 points this week. That's not great. In, mm. you know with that offense we'd like to see more next week was uh, was calvin ridley playing today i know he kind of messed up his knee on a catch last week but i, I thought i saw he, he he played but he got hurt during the game okay um i could be i thought yeah he did play he had three receptions for 40 yards but i i'm fairly certain during that game he got hurt and okay. i'm not sure if he came back in the game because i feel like he was the big star that week one, and then last mm-hmm. week, you know, wasn't necessarily. I, I, he, he messed up his knee on the goalpost. That's all. Yeah. Don't, don't know if he sat down after that or not, but it feels like they're, they're heavily relying on him on offense to create space for the other dude. So they may have to figure out something that because that's probably also part with like running back play too. If it's not like too, too over the top, it's just like average. They're not really worried about them running the ball on them like that too so yeah yeah uh, we could see a couple wrinkles for them for sure another team i want to talk about with you bill bro the cowboys how how <laughs> that 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 injury for the guy trayvon Diggs? does it is it hurting them on defense do you think after taking oh, that I, I, I mean i would say this a couple things number one not having digs is not the reason they lost today. That's first yeah, and foremost. That's true. But to get to start with digs specifically, um, as much as we talked about him in the offseason <laughs> and we said, hey, he's maybe not the guy that we prefer, that uh-huh. does not diminish the talent that he is. That is very And true. he is extremely talented. I mean, he's as talented as any corner in the league. He just the style of play he plays at corner is maybe not my cup of tea. However, yeah. he's still a guy you'd rather have than not have, of course. Yeah. I mean, he, creates, <laughs> he creates takeaways, and that's a big yeah. thing. As much as he gives up big plays, he creates takeaways. And you can build your defense around a guy like that. And I think the Cowboys, in getting Stephon Gilmore you know, and, and mm-hmm. having Micah Parsons, were built defensively to allow him to be himself. And yeah. maximize what Trayvon Diggs does well, and Diggs tearing the ACL in practice this week, I think, dramatically impacts their defense. Um, I can agree. You because you kind of had the shutdown guy on one side with Stephon Gilmore, and you had huh. the risk taking, high floor or you know high ceiling kind of player on the other side with Michael Parsons, who's just a game wrecker. Yeah, in in between havoc up children. front and makes other things. And then there's all kinds of throws. other players in that defense who are really good at their role. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to be over like DeMarcus Lawrence should not be overshadowed either. Right. So losing digs takes away a major playmaker of their defense. And I, I do think that impacts the way they'll play because they were built to ma- maximize him. So I obviously, I think it's going to have a dramatic impact on them moving forward. I do not think it was the reason they lost today. I think today, they look like a team that had won their first two games very easily. We're and feeling we're themselves a little bit too much, and we're playing an 0-2 team that everyone said is the worst team in the league. Yeah. 
And I think they let that, as Nick Saban would say, they let the rat poison creep in. <laughs> and I think that's really more or less what happened today more uh-huh. than, hey, some schematic thing that happened because they did not have Trayvon Diggs. I really think if you watched parts of that game, which I did, um, it looked like the Cowboys slept walk today. I will say, too, I feel like they need more weapons on offense or Dagny said throw to more people. I've seen them just throw to either CD or Gallup, and CD's the one doing everything for the most part, and everyone else is like hit or miss. They're not really like that guy that's certain. Like if I throw it in there to catch it, you know? I don't know if you've noticed that too with them. Yeah, I mean, I do think that CD is obviously trying to be featured in their offense today. I mean, in fairness, you know, he he threw the ball. Gallup had six catches for 92 yards today. Dak threw the ball 40 times today. CD Lamb mm-hmm. had four four catches for f- 53. Jake Ferguson, tight end, five for 48. Rico Dowdle, three for 25. Brandon Cooks, two mm-hmm. for 17. Hunter Lepke, one for 12. Peyton Hendershot and Luke Schoonmaker were, were targeted as well. Hendershot had one catch for three yards. And then Tony Ballard had three catches for a negative yard. Um, but it does it does feel like a lot of the offense goes through C.D. Lamb in terms of the passing game, which it should. But I, I would like to see them get like Brandon Cooks more involved. Yeah, you know they they sure. did go to him on a critical third down today, trying to keep that game alive, and they were able to complete the pass. But it does kind of feel like his speed is a little bit underutilized in that offense right now. And I, I would agree with you that that might help them a little bit more uh, in terms of the target share that you're talking about. Yeah. I may. I guess it must have just been the string of plays I saw because I could have sworn he did a lot more than four catches. Yeah, you might have just saw the four catches, you know, a yeah. couple catches in a row out of the four. Yeah. No, I mean, I probably another team that could use some more running the ball too. I know they like to use Tony Pollard more as like a a, a back that likes to catch the ball, you know, receiving uh, back. And kind of what they did with, Deuce Vaughn last week too a little bit. Uh maybe they just gotta get between the tackles again, like when they had Zeke and hopefully that could just create more on the outside. I don't Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think they'll be fine. They oh no, just, I mean yeah, I agree with that. They're one of they, the best they just, defenses out there with a great offense. Just hiccups. Yeah, Dak did not play well today, which if you're one of those people who's a Dak hater, you're probably celebrating <laughs> on his grave. But don't bury him yet, but he did not play well. That's for sure. Last bit of news we got for the week. Your guy from your team, Nick Chubb. Got it. We got the news back about his injury. It was just an MCL, not anything, not an ACL. And I didn't like the wording on it from Shefty. Where he said it's not a career ending, like you were gonna chalk him up after this year. Like, is he is this his last year on contract or something? Like, well, I mean, if you saw the replay of it, actually, oh yeah, I, it was bad. I didn't. I, it hurt me to watch. It looked like really bad. I mean, I think a lot of people assumed when they saw it that it was an MCL, ACL, and a dislocated knee. Uh-huh. And usually, if you get that trifecta. That is so brutal to come back from. And he already in college had the ACL MCL tear uh-huh. in that same knee. So oh, okay. 
I think a lot of people were assuming that if that's what it was, that it could be career ending. And there was a lot of speculation, unfair, you know, unwarranted this week oh. that it his career was over. Yeah. Um, but you know, it all it takes is one person on Twitter to say, Oh my gosh, what if Nick careers, you know, Nick Chubb's career is over. And then everyone jumps to that conclusion, which I think is what happened to a certain extent. However, you know, they like the reporting today was MCL. They're going to fi- get it fixed. Now they, they, the ACL is not torn, but they said there was something about it being damaged and they may need to repair a small piece of it when they go wow. into, to fix the MCL. And so they said okay. they won't really know what that looks like until they get them under the microscope. But um, good news for Nick Chubb. I mean, by all accounts, one of the best guys in the NFL in terms of people. And yeah. the fact that his knee bent the way it did and all yeah, he did was tear an MCL, to me, is a testament to the work that guy puts in the offseason because there's yeah. no way a normal human doesn't absolutely lose their leg on that play the way it turned out. I mean, it, that's yeah. about as brutal a hit to a knee as I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it was definitely gruesome. I know. It, it, I think it might have had that warning on on X where right before you watch the video, it's like, do you want to watch this? Yes. Because <laughs> it's bad. I mean, the, so, only, the, other, the only other lower like leg injury in football that I've ever seen that compared was like Alex Smith's injury. injury. Seriously, that's, yeah. that's the only one that was about as brutal that I watched happen in a game. I mean, wow. it was brutal for sure. Yeah, no, I mean – I mean, speaking of his work ethic in the offseason, like that fool was squatting what, like six hundred plus that we've seen like before the More. season. Like he definitely <laughs> got the the leg strength to to that that makes that the outcome, you know, as as opposed to everyone thinking like it's just destroyed, blown up. And I'm sure he works on his flexibility a lot. Oh, yeah. So that that helps too. So good for Nick Chubb. We're happy that he'll be okay and he'll be back next year. Said his plan is to be back next year. So. Happy to know that Nick Chubb's going to be good. Yeah, so speaking of Nick Chubb, as I mentioned, he was on your fantasy team. Oh, good. You now have, you now, no, we, with, you're lucky with the rule change last week. You now ah. have Jerome Ford. But. The rule oh, well, change. There is a but. There is a but. Your, your two other running backs are only out. They're not injured for the year. So you have no other running back at the moment. You just got the one. Oh. Get the backup with a guy's out for the week? No, nah, bro. You uh, told me for the year. Yeah, if they're done, so if they're, they're, they're oh, if their things done, so if they're well, if their injury takes what if them guy, out. For what the if year? a guy's out for like six weeks? I mean, I got Cooper Cup on my bench. He's riding that for now till he gets back, and because he was my original starter, which oh, might okay. hurt me because Tyreek has been balling. So, all right, well. Oh, okay, fair yeah, enough. That being so said, I'm, though, that being said, you you I'm are winning at the moment. What? One fourteen, one fourteen to seventy six. But I have Josh Jacobs currently playing, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown tomorrow, and you still have Jamar Chase. I got it in the bag, baby. Very Three and possible, oh, wait, yeah. wait. Two and one. It, you'd be two and one. Yeah. Two and I, one. I got Let's the first week. Two and one. Was, without any running backs. No, you have one. You got Jerome Ford. He well, got you nineteen point one. Okay, well, Jerome Ford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, as it stands, 
JJ, he got you 27 today. Uh, like I mentioned, your guy Jerome Ford, newly to the squad, 19.1. Patty Mahomes with the 25.7, basically. Nice. And then for me, CMC was my lead scorer and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek had 30.7, and I have 22.9 off of Christian McCaffrey. But I still got right. two dudes, so Jalen Hurd should hopefully get me at least to the 20s in whatever A.J. Brown does tomorrow. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that was our fantasy football check-in. Oh, wait, before we leave fantasy football talk, though, I have a question for you. Okay. How do you feel about people talking smack over fantasy football? What do you mean? So, before we hopped on, I got a text from the dude I played, I guess. I don't, I'm in a league where I know one dude and the rest are his homies. And okay. so, I received a text message. It's a number I don't know because I clearly didn't care to add anyone's name. Okay. And it said, hey, man, sorry I had to do that to you. Luckily, you pay me in 10 weeks. Now, I get it. You're, you're blowing me out of the water at the moment. I think he had one, 114 to, like, my 75. About have three dudes yet to play. On top of that, he had Raheem Moster, who dropped him a cool 45. Yeah, I, I hate to break it to the guy, but there's no way they're dropping 70 every week where my guy scores four touchdowns. He's not getting 45 every week. So, if he had Tyreek, that's a different story. But then... I look at his bench. Everyone on his bench has like three points. Like if he doesn't start Raheem Mostert, I'm literally beating him and he has nothing to say to me. So it's like you're lucky your team decided to drop 50 extra points on the Broncos. <laughs> like I, uh, I mean, I think it's a little weird to talk crap to someone that you don't know. That's a bold yeah. move. Over fantasy football. I mean, fantasy football, I mean, the talk is going to happen regardless. Yeah. That's just how no, it no goes. Doubt. However, again, it's a bold move to do it if you don't know the person. I mean, it's a, it's a given if you know everyone. But if you don't yeah. know the person, I do think that's a bit of a bold move. Um, I almost feel like there's an unwritten rule that says you don't do that. I was going to say that, like, if anything, if you're talking smack about it, you're talking about who's taking last. Or who's yeah. in last. And then from there, you know, it plays out. It's only week three. I just, but that's I got a, that that's text a and was an, really confused. That's a heck of an introduction to be like, hey, man, you don't know me. Sorry I had to do that to you. Pay me my money in 10 weeks. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. All right, yeah. dude. I, I think I get what your deal is. Okay. Good for him. I mean. Yeah, I, I was going to respond. That's a weird like, one. Yeah. Sorry the Broncos lost by 50. And Raheem Mostert scored four touchdowns. No, 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 no. That's one where you save it. You don't respond. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. I thought it was it was weird. A very to begin with. perfect moment to respond to him. Yeah. In yeah, ten yeah. weeks, hopefully we beat him. He's like, dang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who would have thought? Save it, save it, dude. No, you'll, yeah, you'll, I definitely had to it. not not respond on that one. But I I got that text and was like. All right, bro, for sure. Like, you're commissioner. Yeah, <laughs> right. sounds good. All right, bro, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's someone who takes fantasy football way that, too serious. Yeah. All right. So we got a new segment today. It's called True or False. Joe and I are going to ask each other questions about the NFL, and we're simply going to respond. True or false, and why? 
So the first question for you, Jody. Yes, sir. Let's hear it. Is it true that the Bears are the worst team in the NFL? So the answer is true. Not only do I feel that way, but I did a little research prior to to getting on, and they have the worst point differential. Mind you, like I said, the Broncos lost by 50 today. (laughs) And... On That's top a very of that, good point. That's a very on, good point. On top of that, they are tied for second to last in points four. The Oof. only team worse than them is the Giants, who have 43, and they're tied Oof. with someone else at 47. Oof. So, yes, true. And after watching them play the Chiefs today, they don't look like they're getting any better. So, well, I mean, you saw it all week. It's like they're. Their DC resigns. There's all kinds of weird rumors about that, whether the FBI raided his home or or whether there were some sexual improprieties or whatever happened with that. Yeah. We just know it was weird for the DC to resign three weeks into the season. You've got the whole Luke Getze calling three screens in a row and then Justin Fields kind of <laughs> talking about like maybe it's my play is bad because of the coaches and not so many words in a mm-hmm. press conference. I mean, it, the Owen three start, the point differential, the inability yeah. to score, the fact that they have, you know, a legitimate number one receiver who we've seen produce for a number of years. And okay. he's getting no touches in this offense. I mean, they, they got it mic'd up where my man, Devin white goes up to him and was like, what's up, bro, blah, 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 man. They're not using right in this offense. And my dude goes, yeah, tell me about it. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was a dumpster fire of a week for Chicago culminating in a mm-hmm. loss where at one point they were down 41 to zero in yeah. the middle of the third quarter. So yep. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. The bears right now, that's the worst team in the NFL. And the worst part, is it's I mean looking I don't know what their direction is from here. I guess you tank and you draft Caleb Williams and you yeah and you move on trade from Justin, Fields. Justin Fields. I mean yeah, I, I guess that's possible. what you have to do. The problem is like they still don't have an O line that would protect Caleb Williams. So even if you get him, <laughs> you may ruin him too. Yeah, so that is true. They got to figure that out there. I mean. It, it, it's not a very – I mean, I'm sure Bears fans are has got to be the most frustrated fan base because they thought their team was taking a leap this year. I was included in that statement as well. But moving forward, I have a question for you. True or false, the Chargers offense is worse with them missing Austin Eckler? Um, I mean, they were very productive today, but the answer to that question is true. They are worse without him. I think – what he provides to them in the passing game is so dynamic as much as he does in the run game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a really good player, obviously. There's some weird stuff going on there with, you know, I mean, he still wants a long-term deal that yeah. he was not able to secure this offseason. Feels like this could be his last year in L.A. Rightfully um, so, though. And Mommy Gad, he's very productive in that offense in terms of receiving and running. So, Yeah, I, I would say that. They were able to win without him, not because they didn't have him. And mm-hmm. there's a huge difference there. So, yeah, I would say their their offense is significantly worse without Austin Eckler. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that later, too, for sure. It's definitely on the, on the docket today. Um, all right, Jody. 
Is it true or false that the Dolphins will get the one seed in the AFC? Now, uh, I really want to say true, but I don't know how I feel about their defense. We've seen them go toe-to-toe with the Chargers week one, right? They both dropped 30. We've seen them go today, drop 70 on the Broncos, kept them to only 20. But I don't know. I guess, okay, their, their, their division's tough. They got the Bills. Jets D is pretty good. And the Patriots have also looked really good on defense, keeping their, their scores really low. The only thing I would say is I think out of those other teams in the division, the Bills will be one that they could run up the score with, and it's not going to matter what happens on the other side of the ball. And so the rest of their schedule that I was looking at, also pretty easy outside of their own division. So I will say true. Uh, with the Ravens being right behind them still, I, I, I do see the Ravens being a monster down the road and it's going to be neck and neck for the race for sure. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens with that being said, the Ravens dropped a tough overtime game today to the Colts. That may be the difference in terms of that race. It could come down to that down the road, but, um, and you can't, I think right now as kind of wild as this might be to say, I don't think you can count out the Browns either. Yeah. They've been doing well. The Browns defense looks like the best defense in the league right now. I mean, I know everyone was crowning the Cowboys with that title last week. And obviously the 49ers and Philly are always right there. You're right. I mean, at least the last few years. But I I think the the Browns are about as good a defense as any of those defenses we just mentioned, the way they're playing right now. And they are extremely fast everywhere across the board. There's some truth to that statement too. I was when I was looking at the how good their defense is in terms of the rest of the league, like they were up the the Browns defense was up there with, as you said, the Eagles and the Niners. And then the the Dolphins was somewhere towards the middle, like fifteen to twenty area on the depending on where you looked. So yeah, that the the Browns are definitely they got a shot. It's just they got to keep pulling. They're, they're going to be the new Vikings, with, except they actually have a defense. Because Deshaun hasn't been putting up big numbers, but they do, they do manage to win. Um, quick Sunday night football update. Steelers are winning 13-7. Okay. They were driving into Raiders territory, but the Raiders just got a huge stop on third down, forced Kenny Pickett to throw away. Looks like the Steelers will punt. About okay. nine minutes to go in the third quarter now. Sure, Max Crosby, sure. applying pressure. <laughs> well, speaking of possibly getting in that red zone, my, my next question for you is, true or false, do you believe watching red zone, the, the channel, is that the best way to watch football on the weekend? Well, oh, shout out to uh, Chris Boswell for the brand. Man just made a 57-yard kick. thought they were punting. Ooh. They kicked a field goal. They are now up 16-7 to on the road in uh, Vegas. But to answer your question, red zone. Okay. All right. This is a a fun question for me. (laughs) I think most people, or at least generally anybody I've ever talked to, absolutely loves the red zone channel. Uh Uh-huh. I get that. It it feeds into the quick, like – attention span like oh here's this oh you know what 
this just happened. Let's show you that. And then they got the the quick recap, like, oh, they're in the red zone, but here's how they got there. You know, all the yeah. little little details. My bad. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. That was a great synopsis of just why it's so successful. And you're uh-huh. correct on every point I think you made. I, I think I like understanding the flow of a game and and the oh, yeah. feel of it. And when you only jump into when a team is in the red zone, you don't really get that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I kind of don't like the red zone channel. Actually, I like having the game on the screen and watching a huge chunk of it and yeah. then flipping around myself and flipping to a game. And I'm like, Oh, this game is close. Let yeah, me yeah, turn this game on and watch for, for 15 minutes. So I, I think I prefer like jumping around that way as opposed to like, let me see one play here, one play there, one play here, one play there. Yeah. Um, now, depending on my mood and what's going on, like sometimes I like to get the four box going, okay. get four yeah. games on there. And if I'm not, Busy working, which right now on a Sunday, I'm always busy working on football uh-huh. stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. breaking down film. So it's hard. I I real I recognize that like oh I can't actually really watch, watch all four games now. If yeah. I'm not doing anything, I can watch all four games at once and it's good. Yeah. So sometimes I if I'm that. in that mode, I'll turn on Red Zone because then it kind of gives you a pulse of like where every game is at at least, uh-huh. and you just get scores updates without really watching what's happening in the games and then you can yeah. kind of decide i'm gonna take this break right now and watch 15 minutes of this game i'm gonna jump to this game because i heard on red zone that this was a good you know what i'm saying so yeah. for me i think it's my it's the coaching part of it i oh, like I watching football to see like concepts and what people are doing and schematics you know schematic stuff mm-hmm. and it's red zone you kind of miss like a lot of that so yeah. It just depends on what mood I'm in. If I'm in a real mood to watch, then I, Red Zone's usually not going to be my go-to, actually. Yeah, which I, I know I am in the minority on that response. Yeah. So for me, like on my lunch breaks, I, I pull out the phone, boom, Red Zone. Because I don't got time to watch one game and be like, oh, these, these dudes yeah. drove the field, scored a touchdown, and now I got to go back to work. So that right there, it, it takes the cake for me. But if I'm at home watching like i would prefer to just sit there and watch one game like you said bounce back on my own but i do see the red zone like how it works you know how how that could be people's main mean of watching games but one last note i want to mention too is when you when you're watching the red zone there's times it could be better like if say say you're watching a i don't know 10 minute drive down the field and it's like, okay, let me see. Oh, this team is kicking a field goal. They just scored a touchdown. Like, you missed that. And then you flip to another channel. You go, and it's like, oh, they just got the ball off a punt. Like, there, when there's really long downtimes, red zone, is, I feel like it could be better. But overall, I think the experience of watching an individual game, it, it's just, like you said, how you're, like, watching concepts and stuff. It's just better to watch, like, oh, this dude did this which is how they did that you know i don't know long story short i think the red zone is good for quick info and watching the game is how you you get to dissect things yeah no doubt um i think it's time for awards my friend week three awards even though it was blowout city we got plenty of awards to give baby all right 
first and we award. do have a first coming up too that's never been done. There we go. The first award is our maybe not our favorite, but one of our favorites. <laughs> the Tuqua Gamer of the Week Award. Shout out to our high school head coach. All right. I'm going first here. All right, sounds good. You ever see those videos where they're like, so and so was a problem? Right? And it'll be just like some old school, old yeah, school baller. Yeah. You'd be yeah. like, Sean Kemp was a problem, right? It's just <laughs> Sean Kemp dunking on people. You could have made a whole Devon A chain was a problem yeah. Yeah. video of just clips from today's game. That dude went absolutely insane. It was like, uh-huh. I mean, he's, he, the rookie he burst onto the scene today, 18 yeah. touches, 18 carries, 203 yards, two rushing touchdowns, 30 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Four touchdowns yeah. total. The guy mm-hmm. had over 230 yards from scrimmage. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a performance from a kid that you and I both love, Devin A. Chain. We loved him coming out yeah. um, from Texas A&M. He was, uh, I believe, my fourth-rated fourth rated back. Um Maybe fifth yeah. in, the, in the entire draft. I, I think you had him fourth. I had him fifth. I, I didn't yeah. like his style of running the ball, but that's another he story would, you can go look at. Electric speed, though. And, <laughs> that and is knew, true. He is really like, quick. With what the Dolphins did, I was like, Mike McDaniel, that's a perfect like place for him to go because Mike McDaniel will max that kid out. I just knew he would. And, um, I mean <laughs> – Mike McDaniel might be the hottest play caller in the league right now. I mean, he has to be. Yeah. So quick side note about this guy, Mike McDaniel. I was scrolling Instagram earlier, and I seen a – it was like a reel where it was like someone took a a tweet, and then like there was a video attached to it, and it said, Mike McDaniel looks like he's running the company while his dad's on vacation for the week. And it's just him wearing like like a baggy shirt (laughs) with some – some sweats on that are like rolled up to his calf and he's just bouncing around playing some music like having fun at practice <laughs> the funniest thing ever uh in case you're wondering what the big smile on my face is right now jimmy g just threw another pick Ooh. second of the night texted all those fans of my those friends Derek of mine Moore. that are raiders fans and said i just sent him so they've been telling me that jimmy g is this major upgrade from Derek carr so I just sent him a text that said hashtag upgrade. Yeah. What they just say? Be, just be Are you waiting on oh, 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 a couple memes went through. You ever seen the SpongeBob cover himself in sand meme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was one of the responses. <laughs> so, so they know. They know. Um, Are these the people you're in your fantasy league with too? Or at least like one or two of them? Yeah, uh, uh, two of them. Two of the okay. fans I'm talking about are friends from college. Those are two. Uh-huh. I mean, probably the two loudest voices that I talk to in terms of Raiders fans. But not, they're not the only two, but those are the two loudest yeah, voices yeah. for sure. I got you. I got you. For sure. So did you um, have more on A-Chain? My bad. I, nah, I mean, A-Chain's okay, just that. a dog, bro. I mean, performer. Yeah, dominated. What? Gamer. <laughs> yeah, he 51 and like a half points on Fantasy. Crazy week. But – my gamer of the week, Tuqua gamer of the week for me is going to be Keenan Allen. Ooh. My dude put up basically the Puka numbers from last week, just better. <laughs> he had 18 catches on 20 targets for 215. And let me let me tell you, he also threw a touchdown to Mike threw Williams. A tutty. Yeah, yeah, one pass, 49 yards, and that tutty there. That dude yep. had like 40-something fantasy points, like 45. 
He he literally I went back and watched the game, like I said earlier, had to go, you know, brushing up on some things. And a lot of his catches were like like a quick ten yard, which kinda comes out to his average. But then he also had like three or four of them for like forty, where he like got it, got the runoff, and then but he he was he was doing everything. I I will say I feel like his his beard gets in the way of him because every time he gets tackled, <laughs> his helmet goes up because the beard's not on his chin, or the the chin strap's not on his chin really, it's just on the beard. And so I thought that was funny watching that every time because it's just. <laughs> and he also has the Antonio Brown helmet, the old shut like Wizards can't do it. <laughs> he does. He, he, does. <laughs> he does. But yeah, that gamer of the week, Keenan Allen throwing for a tutty and getting hella yards. Way to go. Next award. Yeah. <laughs> Dog of the week this Let's week. Go. As we <laughs> talked about one of the blowouts, we got the Chiefs and the and the sorry, my phone went off. I got confused. Chiefs <laughs> and the Bears. And you know, some say Travis Scott was or Travis Scott, Travis Kelsey. Travis Scott or Kels, <laughs> Travis Kels, whichever you prefer, was the dog of the week there. But it, it was Patty Mahomes for me. He had twenty-four for thirty-three, two seventy-two yards, three tutties, two carries for sixteen yards. They pulled him in the third at some point. I didn't get to see yeah. it, but when I got home, it was the fourth. He wasn't in, and it was mainly because of his toughness. That yeah, he dude rolled his ankle a little bit. Yeah, rolled his ankle again. Got someone landed on him. He he twisted, tweaked it a little bit. Limped off at the end of the half. Finished the half. Limped off and then came back and still played. Despite being up 31 nothing, so Patty Mahomes dog of the week for the toughness that we always see. And while we're here, dude, talking about dogs, shout out to Patrick Peterson. My man was the one who just intercepted Jimmy G. Now uh-huh. leads all active Ooh. players in the NFL in interceptions with 35. Dang, that's a real dog right there for yeah, sure. Yeah, for real. That longevity um, in the corner. Longevity, bro. For yeah, for a guy who played corner, now he's played a lot of nickel in the slot. Mm. Like dealers are using him in fun ways too. Yeah. All right, so we got my minor setback for a major comeback, and so far, this award has been cursed because the guys and the teams that I've given this award to have not actually come back yet. Week one, it was the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Yeah, and that's only gotten worse. We don't know mm-hmm. if Joe's going to play tomorrow, play tomorrow on Monday Night yeah. Football. If you're a Rams fan. You hope he doesn't. Yeah. Um, and the the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence were just as bad. We talked about that today. Yeah. So this award may be cursed quite possibly. And Should I was we afraid. Switch it? Major, major setback, minor comeback. Yeah, I, 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 apparently <laughs> so. Um, we may have to if, if it gets to that. And I was afraid to give this award to this guy because I really like this guy and yeah. this team. Um, but it's Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And I – feel good though about the breaking the cycle here that mm-hmm. team will bounce back they're too good yeah. lamar jackson's too good i mean lamar didn't even have a bad day he was pretty good in an overtime loss today he went 22 for 31 202 yards 101 rushing yards two rushing touchdowns yeah so he wasn't necessarily terrible uh, their problem was they were six for 16 on third down and they lost Ooh. two fumbles so yeah. turn That's the ball over too much and and in overtime, they didn't get the call on fourth down that I'll, I mean, a lot of people, oh, myself yeah. included, thought definitely should have been a, a you know a hook and hold on Zay Flowers. So they didn't call it. They mm. end up losing the game. If they call that, 
very well could have gone the other way and they could have won in it despite, you know, a little bit of a subpar performance. So I think minor setback, truly major comeback next week against the Browns. Yeah. Which also we'll see later when I talk about our turnover on downs. But the no cap hats off of the week. We, you know, we've mentioned it plenty of times a day. The Broncos got smoked by 50, 70 to 20. The, the two running backs for the Dolphins put up four total touchdowns each. You know, it just, you could say whatever you want about the game. Tyreek had, you know, another 100 something yards receiving. They had, bro, they almost broke a record for the most yards in a game. They missed it by nine. They like, you could say what you want. They just balled, team balled at home, too. I, I mean, that, that whole game was no cap hats off to score 70. Yeah. I did have a play to throw in there as well. Yeah. We Let's mentioned it. it earlier. In the Texans Jags game, a fullback by the name of Beck. <laughs> <laughs> Returned an 85-yard kickoff that, yeah. return for a touchdown. Um, not quite like the big fella return with the Patriots, you know, about 10 years uh-huh. ago. But <laughs> but close enough. Um, the fullback, he's actually pretty fast. Speed in the open field. My man scored. Got in the end zone. Um, go watch the play if you haven't seen it because it's like an incredible play. Um, again, part of the Texans' dominating win today. Mm-hmm. And speaking of dominating, the Steelers have now gone up 23-7. to Ooh, looking nice out there for the boys. The next dudes we would like to recognize, as you talked about the fullback a little bit, dude in similar, people in similar, you know, line of work, the linemen. We got the Strahan Munoz Award. And so since you're talking about the fullback, I'm going to just go, I'm shouting out two people who aren't necessarily on the line, but they do similar work. I'm going George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. I went and watched that game. Because, you know, Thursdays I can't watch. So I watched it on the NFL Plus we talked about. And George Kittle does a lot. Not just in, no in the receiving game a little bit, but he his blocks are really good. He's blocking, like, linebackers for the most part. And he, they use him just like a regular lineman. He's pulling, picking people out. He's really good at getting that second level. And then on pass plays, it's the same thing. He'll turn around and pick up the next dude so his guy could keep running as, you know, he's got plenty of dudes that could blow by people on that team. So, yeah, that for sure. And then Kyle Juszczyk, he's literally, if Kittle's not in and they got the other tight end, Kyle Juszczyk might be in the game too. And same thing, he's on the pools, using them as like a, a wing. And he, he, he also had a run. I mean, granted, that's not what this award's about, but... He he's been blocking for for Christian McCaffrey, and that's just another another element to the run game that where you could see these dudes producing. For sure. On the flip side, the Strahan side. Yes, sir. I have a dude for you who was absolutely dominant today, Rashawn Gary from Michigan, uh, in a comeback today. He had three sacks. One, two, three, and four QB hits. One, two, three, four. Yeah, he did not let James Winston (laughs) eat a W today. And the best part about it is he spread the love, dude. It didn't matter who was in. Derek Carr, James Winston, Rashawn Gary was hitting him. And uh, it helped. You know, he was a huge reason the Packers got a massive comeback win at home. Yeah. Um, 
shout out Rashawn Gary for having a day on that Packers D-line. Hey, yes, sir. We'd love to hear that. You know, big fellas got to put in the work, whether it's making tackles on one side or, you know, letting their running backs eat on the other with the quarterback not getting touched. But moving yes, forward, we got the Who's Cooking Award. And you sent me that that tweet earlier with, with Russ where the, the kitchen was on fire. It was hilarious. <laughs> Broncos country, let's ride. And it's just in the background, yeah, yeah. everything is on fire. <laughs> now, in fairness to Russ, I don't actually think he's the problem with this Broncos no, team no, this year. Not. I think it's that defense. But um, in the, the same division, a guy yep. who was really cooking. Yeah, I mean, we might as well just sure. call him Chef right now. Ooh, Chef Herbo. Chef Herbie. Chef Herbo, dude. My man went 40 for 47, 405 yards, three Mm -hmm. touchdowns. Helped the Chargers secure victory to avoid an 0-3 start. Probably saved his head coach's job today. (laughs) Every time they needed the throw, he made the throw. He was a dog today. My man was absolutely cooking. And we talked about having a first today. I also wrote same because when I went back and watched that game, the dude was literally cooking. He was picking apart that defense, making sure, you know, his playmakers got the ball. He threw to, like, everyone. I mean, besides probably his running backs, because as we'll get into real soon, they did not do anything. But for sure, he. I think there was at least three different people who caught a touchdown, not just from him, but, I mean, like, in general as the squad. Yep. So, yeah, Justin Herbert was for sure out there whipping up the, the food. An honorable mention. He was already your dog of the week, but Keenan Allen yeah. also cooking a little bit with his one oh, throw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a first that we had the same guy cooking. Like I, I literally was like, okay, this is my guy. I hopped on, saw you had him. I was like, I'm just gonna roll with it. Yeah, we we already. It's okay. Consensus <laughs> is okay on this one. Yeah, exactly. Because it's it, true. It, it never it objectively never really he was cooking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but now it's my favorite award of the week. <laughs> Always is. So we got the Boo Boo Evans Award. You know, the guy that doesn't produce, didn't do much. It would probably similar vein of the minor comeback or minor, whatever. You know, I can't even speak. <laughs> <laughs> minor setback, major comeback. I got to get it off the tongue. But yeah, similar. Same game. We're sticking with the Chargers. A lot of Chargers talk today. I'm going with a running back, though. We've seen two receivers past couple weeks. We're going running back this week. Josh Kelly. Man, so as we talked about with the Austin Eckler question, he went 11 carries for 12 yards, one catch, five yards. I don't know about you, man. I don't want to dog the NFL, but I think I could get 12 yards on 11 carries, and I'm not fast at all. Not nearly what, what I was doing in high school. I and I could get I could get one catch for more than five yards too. If I got in the open space, I could I could get up to I could get upfield. And uh, so when I was watching the game, my dude he does like to run sideways a lot. He's he's a more trying to get around the edge and get upfield, not necessarily running downhill. But that's one problem that I seen. But also at the end of the day, they were using him just to block because the stats show you he couldn't do much running the ball which is also probably part of the reason why our guy Herbert was balling with only seven incompletions and 400 yards plus. 
So Fair. that's my my Boo Boo Evans, Josh Kelly. Boo Boo Evans Award. Not a good one to get. No. All right. We're moving on to everyone's favorite segment, the turnover Ooh. on downs. Turnover so we're on off with that trend that you always see. See, I, I definitely seen your trend that we're going to be talking about here briefly in college over the weekend too. So I'm really excited to get into that. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so just kind of looking again always at, you know, what trends are happening in the league, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the things that I noticed showed up today in the – Chargers Vikings game as our I mentioned our we mentioned our guy earlier Justin Herbert who was cooking um so we can all see that yeah yes sir all right so what we're looking at here you've got obviously uh this is uh Mike Williams I believe coming in motion yeah. right across the formation he's going to motion out in front of Donald Donald Parham and he's gonna, they're going to run the old-school stick combination, right? They're going to run the sit route. He's going to run right at this defender here, and Donald Parham's going to run under him and run to the flat, to the front pylon, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now the Chargers O-line is going to block zone to the field. They're going to block yeah. zone back where the motion came from. You're going to see Herbert's first read in this because this is a true RPO, run-pass option, whether you give it to the back or you keep it and throw it. He's get first read is this backer, right? If this backer stays in the box and comes downhill for run, he can pull it, and it's old school, almost it's zone read essentially because they're going to leave this backside end unblocked, wow. and Herbert knows that. So if he pulls it because this guy stays in the run fit, now he knows he has to get rid of the ball quick, and his next read is this defender because basically what they've said with doing this motion and playing against this defense is we're going to put this guy in a two-on-one situation. He's either going to defend the stick route that runs right at him and leave the flat ball open, or he's going to run to the flat and void the sit route right now, and Herbert can throw it to the sit route in the end zone right now because we know this defender is responsible for the sit route, this backer inside. He also Mm -hmm. has to respect run and be part of the run fit. We'll watch it. Both this backer and this DB actually don't play this terribly. They play it almost as well as you could, and yet it's going to result in a touchdown for the Chargers. <laughs> the unfairness of RPO. A great RPO quarterback will beat great defense nine times out of ten. So you'll watch what happens. Herbert's going to read it. They get the motion across. Herbert's looking at the backer. That backer's actually sitting down. Now look. It's almost homies pulling up quick on the edge. Yes, it's almost a poor read in by Herbert. It's because it this backer doesn't come downhill. He's actually sliding to the stick route. However, Herbert, with pressure in his face right now, says, "I can get the ball to this flat because this defender sat with the stick route for just a half Uh step too long, and with pressure in his face, gets the ball out sidearm and whips it to Donald Parham." Honestly. The read was almost a give read. However, uh-huh. he's so gifted, and that defender's feet sat for just long enough that it's a touchdown. I mean, yeah. that's how good Justin Herbert is. Watch it. 
here, you're going to get the, the stick route, right? Boom. It occupies Blackman's eyes just long enough, and that backer is getting out here. But if Blackman runs with the, the, the out route right now, you know Herbert can throw the ball right to the stick route, put it yeah. on Mike Williams' body, and that backer won't get there. Instead, he sits with the stick. He doesn't want that ball thrown. Tries to recover to the out route, but he just can't get there in time. Herbert's too good. Touchdown, Chargers. I mean, seriously, elite stuff there from Herbert in terms of being able to get that throw out. Very, very impressive from the Chargers quarterback. And this is a thing that we're starting to see more and more because it is a cheat code. Goal line RPOs. Goal line RPOs are a bear for linebackers because you have to respect run in goal line situations. But (laughs) but you see what happens. I mean, they can still throw the ball for a touchdown. So partly why more teams are going to go, you'll see more defenses play less like true zone coverages in the goal line, and you'll probably see teams blitz and play man against Mm -hmm. this a lot more because – really your only solution to defending these kind of plays from from offenses yeah i had a quick question herbert went to oregon yeah he did tripping on that yeah so that's i seen that in the oregon game yesterday where the bo nix he he read a dude pulled it and then was trying to run up to the he was going to try to run it in kind of saw too many people and he dumped it off to the to the receiver where it was like not necessarily as clean as this one, but yeah. it's still similar where he had that option because the, the dude was sitting there in the hook, actually. And, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely definitely good trend that, that I, did be, I did get to watch elsewhere as well, also from Oregon, which was pretty cool. So second down for this turnover on downs, though. Your boy's giving out the bet for the week, next week. Now, a quick recap today. We went Chargers Vikings over fifty one and a half. If you were early, you definitely made money on that one today. Got but it. if you yeah. if you were a little late, if you were you know day late too late, it was fifty four <laughs> and a half, I believe. So day that's late, tough. dollar short. <laughs> yeah. So we had that one. We gave. We also threw out Detroit minus four. Come on, son. And two yeah, that we'll, we'll we'll get to the last one I threw out as well <laughs> in the bad beat. But the one I threw out as my my pick, it hit. So two and no, as you mentioned. So this one, this next week, there's a lot of ones that that look interesting to me. But oh. it, so we got Detroit minus one and a half versus the Packers. Ooh, that's gonna be an unreal game. That's Thursday night football, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Quick, Ooh. quick week for them boys. Yeah. Dude. My next one, you might laugh at this one. Denver minus two and a half versus the Bears, as we, we briefly <laughs> talked about. One of them's got to win, and I think it's got to be the Broncos, because if not, they're Dude, in no panic one, mode. Uh, they're no both one in panic bets mode, on actually. bad football. Come on. Yeah. We got Ravens plus two and a half. If you want more money, money line versus the Browns. That's going to be a dogfight. Will be fun to watch. Eagles and Commanders over 44 and a half. I kind of like that. I feel like. Eric Bieniemy, they've been cooking it up. Besides the day, they got smoked. I know they only had three points, I believe, but they've been having a lot of points the first, the other two weeks. And then Texans plus three versus the Steelers. I feel like that that's doable. I feel like they could pull that one out, but 
the one I'm going with today, I think that Detroit minus one and a half is going to be the guy this week. I do. The Ravens was, I was feeling that one, but after you brought up that Thursday, I was like, you know, I think them boys will be in a better spot because I'm pretty sure they're at home. So uh, I like that Detroit minus one and a half for this week, this week for the fellas. I think that game is going to be an unbelievably good game. Yeah. The Packers have a lot of confidence. Actually, that's who we're going to talk about on the third down breakdown. Jordan Love Ooh, completing a third wee. and ten. I'll talk about that right now. Um, but the Packers, you know, they had this comeback victory today. Mm-hmm. They didn't have like ha- like all of their best players. No Aaron Jones. No David Bakhtiari. No Jair yeah. oh, no Alexander. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that one. Didn't have any of those guys and still managed to win today. Um, and a comeback victory. So huge win for the Packers. And part of it was Jordan Love became the man down the stretch. I mean, you yeah. know, they always say he is him, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. So Jordan Love, he was him in the stretch when the Packers needed him to be. Here you are, eight minutes left in the game. They're down 17 to three. It's third and 10 in the red zone. Gotta have it, right? Yeah. So on the bottom of this, they're going to go empty. On the yeah, bottom of the smash, screen, huh? they're going to run the smash concept. It's kind of more a clear-out concept. He's really looking to the three-man side. Now, mm-hmm. to the three-man side, they're running uh, a variation of what we call dagger or it, you know, quarters beater, where you're going to run the seam down the middle of the field with your number three receiver, and then you're going to run the dig behind it. And yeah. on the backside, you kind of run the, the, the curl or the sit route. He can contr- it can become like a converted dig. Dig, yeah. Um, inside of it it depending on what zone you know what you get and he can kind of follow the other dig and follow behind it but the the saints are playing like red zone quarters so this safety has a quarter right the corner has a quarter here's your flat defender this nickel corner here's your hook defender this this backer right here here's your other hook defender to the boundary your quarters corner your quarter safety right yeah so that's what you're getting with a with a four-man front with the rush and they're overloaded to one side with the four man front. And you watch what happens now, instead of actually bringing that guy initially, they're actually going to jam three with their other defender who was lined up on the ball. And then he'll delayed, bl- delayed rush. And you'll see what happens as it goes. Good blocking up front. A great blocking up front for, for love for sure. As it goes, you can kind of see what happens. You can see this this corner is occupied by the the curl, right? This safety yeah. is going to be occupied by the vertical route by Luke oh, Musgrave. There it is. Your flat defender is going to sink to the hitch as he should. This backer who came off to to you know create friction on the on the number three receiver is going to add rush. Now the hook defender. Mm-hmm is where it gets a little salty here. He tries to play three vertical because he thinks that's where the ball's going. He should come off and play the dig here and pass it through the window to the other hook defender and make it keep running to his buddy. Instead, he sticks on to Luke Musgrave and follows him into the end zone. It leaves the the window wide open for Jordan Love to find Jaden Reed. And there it is. First down, huge, huge play in that game. The Packers would go on to score on fourth and goal on that drive and go for two. They get it. Then eventually, 
get the game winning touchdown um, down the road. But you can see that concept is that's exactly why it's called dagger. It's the quarters beater. Um, wow. That's honestly the perfect, perfect play call. <laughs> like, Holy. like, I mean, LaFleur couldn't have called it any better. They yeah. occupied that backer. Now, if that backer does his job, then it's, a you know, Jordan throw. Love's now got to kind of create and yeah. make something happen in the scramble drill probably. But that's also why it's such a hard concept because that backer, it's hard for him to come off of three and see the dig behind it. It, it gets hidden, yeah. you know, and it's hard. Linebackers are not used to having to, having to do that all the time and see that, that, concept so yeah um great job on the quarters beater great throw by jordan love great play by you know Jaden reed to catch the ball and get say, the first he was in a great spot too he sat right there literally right at the sticks and then yep. just you know fell backwards got the first so yeah great play for them so fourth down that's the bad beat for the week this one you know i no other way to chalk it up but anyone who bet the cowboys whether <laughs> spread or money line you know if you were spreading the money line, that's tough because it was minus 13. But, yeah, I mean, they lost the Cardinals, you know, heavy favorite, as I just mentioned. And it it was just, you know, that little, not, I shouldn't even say shocking. It was more like, as we talked about earlier, just you, you, you take the, the defender, the opponent lightly. And, you know, some things happen down the road where you lose by, I don't know, I think they lost by like eight or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for any anyone who bet on the Cowboys, I you know I feel for you. <laughs> Bad beat. Yes, yeah, sir. Um. Well, we've got the coaches Q and A, our last segment of the of the night here, and uh, this is Jody's chance to ask me questions from a coach's perspective. What do you got, Joe? So my first one I have for you is. How would do you rank, or how would you rank the unbeaten teams left in the league, being the Dolphins, Niners, and then whoever wins tomorrow of the uh, Eagles and Bucks? Um, I think right now the most complete team in the league is the Dolphins. Ooh. Um, I think you watch their offense right yeah. now. They I'm have a great balance of run and pass. They yeah, have speed. Everywhere in their wow. offense, they scored wow. seventy points today without Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Without Jalen Waddle, who is arguably their sometimes their best receiver. I know Tyreek yeah. is yeah. their best receiver, but sometimes, like on a given game, Jalen Waddle can be the best receiver in a game oh, yeah. for them. And they didn't even have that guy today, and they scored seventy. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Their O line is much better than people expected. Tua is healthy. He's not getting hit right now. Yeah, He's playing at an MVP level. Then you flip the script. Last year, their biggest problem was their defense. Their defense looks pretty good. They gave up a lot of yards rushing to the Chargers week one, and since they have fixed that issue, um, you know, there was a reason Mike McDaniel in the offseason prioritized getting Vic Fangio to be his yeah, defensive coordinator. That's for sure. And Fangio, I think – there was probably an element of, you know, get back today with the Broncos. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Angio got his for sure. That uh-huh. defense also is filled with speed at every level. Some of the upgrades they made after getting Vic Fangio and getting some of these guys in free agency that they brought in in trades have paid off big time. They're, they're electric. 
everywhere mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And speed I speed. think their team speed makes them the most dangerous team in the league right now. So I would rank the Dolphins as my number one seed. The okay. biggest thing that would scare me about them is just Tua being healthy mm-hmm. and their O-line staying healthy. I think those okay. are the two things that, that scare you a little bit. But as long as those things happen, they're going to be tough to beat. Now the next team, I would go 49ers, very close oh, to the Dolphins. Okay. Defensively, they are elite. One of the best. At the D-line, linebacker, and DB levels, they yeah. are one of the best defenses, if not the best in the league. Offensively, they have one of the best O-lines mixed with one of the best skill groups in the league. And then yeah. Brock Purdy just does a good enough job every week of limiting Amazing his games. mistakes. Yeah. Being a point guard and getting the ball to his best players in the in the best spots, and then the times when things do break down, he is athletic enough and good enough to create in a way that Jimmy G never could, and mm-hmm. that's what makes a big difference in their offense now compared to any other quarterback that Shanahan has had since they've been successful there. Um, so yeah. the Niners would be two, three. I'm going to assume the Eagles beat the Buccaneers tomorrow, and I would say that three would be the Eagles. Um, Simply because the Eagles have coasted through the first couple weeks, and they're 2-0. They have not played their best football yet, Mm, and yet they are 2-0. And that's a scary thought for the rest of the league. The Eagles are dangerous. We know they made a Super Bowl run last year. Very easily could be back in it this year. They were the team I picked to win the whole thing. Um, and I think they are right where they need to be despite not playing their best ball. I think they will beat the Buccaneers tomorrow night, um, and they'll be my third-ranked team. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. And, I mean, if the Bucks win by whatever chance that is, they I would assume they're the third because the other two are far beyond what we think of the Bucks. Yes. So The Bucks have been a pleasant surprise, but I don't yeah. expect them to be more than that going forward. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So my next question I had for you was which team or teams that has a losing record being, you know, either 0 and 3 or 1 and 2 do you think could make some noise down the road and, you know, shake things up? Well, I mean, I took this to mean varying levels of make some noise whether that was yeah, yeah. make the playoffs or make or, yeah. or or make it very Just difficult on other teams other like teams. they're not going to be a a pushover kind of team. So I looked at this in both those ways, uh-huh. um, and I found that the majority of the teams that I think highly of, despite a losing record right now, are in the AFC. Yeah. I think the sense. Patriots got a much-needed win today. Mm-hmm. They lost those first two games at Great home, but they lost game. to the Dolphins and the Eagles, who right now I have as two of the three best teams <laughs> in football. <laughs> yeah. So to be fair to the Patriots, I think they played – They've played a relatively tough schedule so far. For them to be yeah. one and two, they're okay. They're okay. The Jaguars, they lost a tough game to the Texans today. Their other loss was to the Chiefs, and they struggled to beat the Colts week one. Yeah. They're by far not playing their best football, but let's not forget that team was like three and seven last year before they yeah, figured before it out in the late yeah, season and made, and made a run run. and won the division. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm not. I'm not counting them out, right? Mm-hmm. The Chargers, also one and two. Yeah. The Chargers might be the most talented team on this list right here. And you know that, and they somehow, you also know they never quite put it together, but 
I do think they're going to be a team that people don't want to play. Whether they make the playoffs and whether they make the run like that, I'm not sure yet. But they're not a team people want to play. No. Last but not least in that category in the AFC, I've got the Bengals. And the Bengals are really all about is is Joe Burrow going to be healthy? If Joe Burrow is healthy, we know how good that team is. If he's not, I don't know. Good luck. They they kind of fall out of this category. And then in the NFC, the only team I came up with, they've been competitive in all three yeah. games and just haven't been able to win. It's the Vikings. They're 0-3, but they are a pretty good 0-3 team. They're not going to be a pushover team. I doubt that they tank. I have a very good feeling they'll be the kind of team that the rest of the way they'll go 7-7. Seven and seven. They'll end up finishing 7-10 and 10, just like we projected. Yeah. They'll be <laughs> in every game. Yeah. And it'll be it, they'll, they'll make a lot of games tough on other teams. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. the The NFC definitely you could the, the top stands out, and the bottom, you know, also stands, stands out. out. <laughs> <laughs> but last one that I got for you, kind of you know, in, in line of what the the blowout city day is. Do you think there should be a mercy rule? Now, I mean, I know the obvious one is like you know, twenty one scucking Madden, right? If you don't score twenty one points in a row, as the other dude does, but like. The way I was thinking of it was more of like 70 to 20. Should there be a running clock like there is in high school or something? More along that line. Not necessarily the game's over, you know? But what do you think? I think, one, it'll never happen for the following reason. There's too much money that goes into those advertisements for them to shorten the game that way. Okay. So it'll never happen. But two, if you're asking me just flat out, should there be a mercy rule? Absolutely not. Never. (laughs) Never. And here is why. There is something as an athlete in terms of learning a tough lesson that has to happen when you are getting beat by that many points and having to stand up and continue playing. I tell the kids I coach all the time, it is not 2K. You can't just turn off the Xbox and rage quit. (laughs) That is a true statement. You are not allowed to do that. And guess what? In life, you are not allowed to do that. And I love our sport partly because it reflects life so much. And I don't think that changes at the NFL level. And and as a coach, you can use that. Now, trust me, when it's happening, you wish (laughs) it could just go away. Like I, I was in that situation Saturday. It was a rough game. And there was definitely a couple moments where I was like, man, I just want this thing to be over with because it's terrible. Yeah. But there's a part of going through that that makes you better in the long run. And I think we'd miss out on a lot of lessons if there was a mercy rule. I'm probably looking that at, at that at that from the coaching standpoint, yeah. I realize. And everyone else is like, dude, it's the NFL. These guys are grown men. They're not learning anything. But I promise you they are. Yeah. And those those lessons do show up. You hear it all the time. When teams go on a run, they're like, hey, this thing happened at this week and we yeah, we and figured something it. out. Yeah. And so it could be the kind of thing where maybe the Broncos season flips because they had to endure 70 to 20. Yeah. Right? So absolutely, absolutely not. No yeah. mercy rule. I will say too that sounds like Dion as well this past weekend where he was like, Yeah, they beat us. We gotta come back and learn. That's about all we can yep. do. Yep. Yep. But yeah. Um all right, dude. We last, made it to the time. Last one of the that's the other day here. <laughs> the banger of the week. We got the banger of the week. 
And it's you this so week. This week's this week's banger. I'm going with the Disney Plus TV show. Ooh, now, Joe, Brandon, I'm not sure if you're a huge Star Wars guy. Oh, that's sure where, if, okay. I'm not I sure know. if our listening base is, is big into Star Wars. However, yeah. if you are, if you even if you just if you like Star Wars, um, I th- this show is an absolute banger. Uh-huh. It's called Ahsoka, right? Now, real huge Star Wars fans who watch yeah. like the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels obviously know who Ahsoka is. Um, she now, for was, me, I would like some background info. Yeah, so I'm she. Not that guy. If you if you only watch the movies, uh-huh. basically there is a period of time between Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, and Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith. In uh-huh. which Anakin Skywalker takes on an apprentice. Okay. Her name is Ahsoka Tano. Uh, okay. Now, she's like a lot like Anakin, like really fierce young kid. He has trouble handling her. It actually helps him mature a lot. She doesn't show up in the movie, and, and the, the TV shows actually explain why she never showed up in Revenge of the Sith. She uh-huh. was actually on Mandalore fighting this other battle against um, Darth Maul, who happens to be alive, actually came back. Whole deal, right? Okay. Um, but so this TV show takes place actually like years after episode six. It's about the same timeline as The Mandalorian, for those of you who watched The Mandalorian. Okay. So it's in about that same timeline ap- after episode six, before um, episode seven. And basically it's about her trying to stop what ends up and developing anyway, which is like the first order and the newer movies. It's like okay. her trying to stop this guy. He's an admiral from the old empire from coming back. But she um, is a very cool character. And then there's also other characters that are introduced that, or that if you're a fan of the TV shows, like really um, star Wars rebels is a show um, that they did a, a few years back. And if you're a fan of that show, there's a lot of the characters from that show that it was a, an animated series that uh-huh. they made this is a live action TV uh-huh. show. So it's kind of yeah, cool because yeah. you like see these characters you like actually come to life. Um, yeah, Rosario okay. Dawson plays Ahsoka Tano and she is absolutely awesome. She does such a good job. I really like her as an actress. And uh-huh. But the show has been an A+. Plus. I mean, oh. it, as good as the first season of The Mandalorian to me. So gotcha. and it, And it also, the cool thing is, one of the things I think people were kind of like bummed about the Mandalorian was not a lot of like Jedi's, not a lot of lightsaber stuff going on. Oh. This show has a lot of that. I so know. yeah, it's got a lot of Jedi and, and action. And so it's a, uh, it's a good show. The season, the season finale comes on Tuesday this week. So it's, oh, nice. if you want to watch it, the whole, almost the what, whole season's out. Um, you're the... talking 30 to 40 minute episodes. Perfect. How I many think the are longest. That's the last one. Uh, seven, I think. Seven, so mm. yeah. So I How think bad? it's an eight-episode season, and it, the longest episode might air closer to fifty minutes. It's like thirty. Yeah. So the shortest episode is like thirty. The longest one's about fifty. So it's a it's a great great show though. Yeah, I definitely know like the logo of it, where it's like she looks like kind of like an Egyptian chick. She's got a little thing on her head. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely I know nothing about Star Wars lore. I just know. You know, you got the the 
you watch the second three and then the first three, and that's about all I could tell you. And then all the yeah. stuff's coming out now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm a casual when it comes to that, but uh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a Star Wars fan, so I get it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, brings us to the time of the day where a guy Ray Ray comes in and takes us out. Section in the stands going crazy. Everybody turning up, we putting on a show. Boomers, we be popping in the people, yeah, they love. 951 be the city, never change. We the Chaparral Boomers, everybody know the name. We ain't here to make friends, we gon' let them see. Get your chain snatched like a key crab tree. Squad full of goons, be ready to bring the pain. Show them how we do, we about to let it bang. About to go and get it, kill them with the swag. Tryna act tough, they be looking, we just laugh. See them getting mad, cause they know we ain't stressed. We prepared for this moment, we done passed all the tests. Been through the rain, been through the struggle. We ain't never break, we just put on more muscle. Put on for the city, man, running with the bride. Friday night lights when the boomers come alive. I throw your boomers up, we gon' get it, that's right. Friday night lights, we turn up tonight. In the best spot, if you on the other side. Time to let it bang, make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, yeah. Let it back, let it back, show them how I'm do it, let it back, let it back, yeah, turn me up, let it back, let it back, let it back, let it back, let it put on for the city, that's really all that we do, yeah. nothing to lose and a whole lot to prove, on the field late and I'm in the gym early, overtime on my grind, I can see him worry, put the pads on, we about to bring the boom, the legion of doom, everybody better make room, you can see the fuse from the fire, product of the pain and the hunger and desire, talking like you want it, man, I hope you ain't Line, bottom line, we the boomers, but we feeling like some lines. Dropping off heat at your feet every week. Everybody wanna be a beast till the sign of each. Oh, we gon' see if you really bought it. Thinking you can handle me, boy, I really doubt it. Putting in work, being steady with the grind. You ain't taking nothing, play this is all mine. Ah, throw your boomers up, we gon' get it, that's right. Friday night lights, we turn up tonight. In the best spot, if you on the other side. Time to let it bang, make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang. Let it back, let it back, yeah. Let it back, let it back. Show them how I put my do it. Let it back, let it back, yeah. Turn me up, let it back, let it back, let it back, let it back. Let it blood, sweat, tears. Time getting near. I've been saying that for so long, now it's here. Come through the whole chin, checking everybody. We just put them in the dirt, man. Treat it like a hobby. Oops, I mean, have it. Else can't have it. We ain't standing around waiting for nothing. We grab it. I remember putting in work all alone. Now my team with me and we all in the zone. Never giving nothing, so you better understand. We don't care about your plan. This is Boomer Pride Land. Get into the huddle, tell the fellas, turn it up. Fourth quarter coming, throw them double deuces up. Let them know what's up, man. The crowd never dying. Refy keep holding me, man. Quit crying. Put your boomers up. Show them Boomer Pride. Friday night lights when the boomers come alive. I throw your boomers up. We gon' get it. That's right. Friday night lights. We turn up tonight. In the best spot. If you on the other side. Time to let it bang. Make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang. Let it bang. Let it bang. Yeah. Let it bang. Let it bang. Show them how boomer do it. Let it bang. Let it bang. Yeah. Let it bang, 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 let it bang.